morning from the team here at 1.37 p.m. This is 7.31 a.m. Let's get the day going. Good morning, everybody. Happy Tuesday. The date is May 10th. We got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. Some stuff the Bo and I know about, some stuff that we don't know that much about, but we're definitely going to talk about all of it. Um, I want to start with a birthday today that who I personally think is one of the best producers in hip hop right now. Um, and I feel like some people maybe don't know his name, but you know a lot of his work. It is Kenny Beats's birthday today. Kenny Beats has been the primary producer for Vince Staples, Rico Nasty. He produced a lot of Denzel Curry's projects recently. And then he has just produced so many hit songs. And I have a couple of just quick recommendations if you want some songs for the summer. Um, the song Hit Me Up that he produced by Omar Apollo and Dom. Dominic Fike, who Dominic Fike is also in Euphoria, um, is one of my favorite summertime songs. I listen to it constantly. He also put out this song more recently called Ain't Gon' Stop Me by Reggie and Monte Booker, which I also really, really like. It's been one of my most listened to songs as of late. Um, and then he produced one of my favorite albums of all time. I feel like I can say that um, from 2018 by this rapper Key. And this album never really picked up as much traction as I think it should. But everybody who I know who has listened to it, it's one of their favorite albums of all time. Um, 777 is the name of the album by Key. Listen to Demolition 1 and 2. Um, that's the first song on the album. If you want to just like get a taste of what it's like. it's a, I just described it to Bo. It's a really great like windows down summertime hip hop album. And then also Kenny Beats is does something amazing also that I love his YouTube show the cave where he he'll bring in one of these artists and uh with no prep they haven't prepped any lyrics he hasn't prepped a beat and he'll work with them to just create a song um he did it famously with zach fox who's like a twitter comedian um and then they ended up actually putting that song out and that song is a really hot track but the cave is just really amazing it's crazy to see how good at creating music these people are he does he's done it with everybody he's done one with denzel curry he's done one with zach fox he's done one with vince staples he's done with a ton of artists um and then the videos are like 10 minutes long it seems like it takes them a couple hours they put together a pretty good song and one of the songs is the song jesus is the one parentheses i got depression by zach fox which is one of the greatest like comedy sketch hip-hop songs of all time i love it it's a hit um, but if you want to watch the cave check it out that's one of my favorite like pieces of content around it is just so fun charlie it feels like uh maybe maybe three weeks ago now you and i were talking about the fm album by vince staples which i kind of said is like the reason i'm a vince staples fan and that song or that album was a total summer windows down driving down the 101 um and it's just funny that you mentioned it because i had to look up kenny beats like discography honestly once you mentioned that we were going to include it in the show i was like holy shit fm like that's generally one of my favorite albums of the last couple of years so crazy that you said that yeah he i feel like people that's the thing about producers is sometimes people don't know their work but what else is going on charlie on Friday and Saturday of this week, you and I and Courtney Connect will be out in Los Angeles for the Green Street Cannabis Convention. It's a festival put on by Gary V. Juicy J will be there. Lots of others. We will be creating content. I think we're also going to be recording a live show at 7.31 a.m. But we want to give some tickets for people to come on through. So if you are in Los Angeles, retweet 1.37 p.m.'s 7.31 a.m. link tweet from this morning. I'm going to quote tweet it. You can go to my like Twitter page and I'll, I'll make it very, very clear. If you retweet or quote tweet, we will put you into a random generator and then we'll be handing out some free tickets uh, and we will let everyone know who won the tickets this Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern time on our Discord stage. Charlie, that sounds like some fun. If you're in L.A., um, definitely enter because we'd love to see some members of the community out. Um, should be really fun. Charlie, it was a it was a bad day for our pockets. I think we got to talk about it a little bit. 
NFTs. Yeah, we do. We went back and forth on whether or not we were going to talk about what is going on in NFTs. 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 Uh, but I feel, I mean, because neither Bo nor I are economists, and I haven't been that paying that good of attention to the space, not as well as I did last year. Um, but I do know market bad. That's what I know based on yesterday. The total crypto market cap fell $1.4 trillion, which trillion, that's a big number with a T on it. Um, it's like, I don't really have any like outcomes. I don't know. I'm not an economist, so I don't know what's going to happen next. I know that historically, when crypto prices dropped, NFT prices tended to go up because that was seen as a better investment. What is going on right now is both markets are um, falling. I don't really have any main takeaways. It's just kind of kind of a bummer bow any thoughts yeah i think this is the day where this really tests your belief in web3 right yeah so if you are a web3 diehard believer true and true you are going to justify a dip like today or yesterday by saying this is normal this is how we test what are good products what are bad products this this lets us know um what's gonna last in the long term so i think when you hear people who are deep in the nft or deep in the crypto game they're gonna say this is normal it happens like this has happened every year around this time blah 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 right for people who are maybe more skeptical or hesitant which is probably the vast majority you're gonna see it trending on twitter you're gonna see it discussed in discord pages because people are unsure about the legitimacy of it so i think everything that you read take with a grain of salt right understand that a lot of these people are you know heavily invested beyond even just like the the financial dynamic like these are people's careers now which is different than what it was 10 years ago when we were having these conversations yeah no those are good points i mean i think for me also as somebody who like was following the space much more closely last year cryptocurrency is going to stick around so like the way that i feel is like the description of what you said at first, like there are going to be corrections like this. I don't think that this is going to be the end of Ethereum or Bitcoin. I think that that is very unlikely. Um, then as far as NFTs go, something that I've been saying for all of last year, even though I didn't say it as like publicly, is like, I don't think that NFT PFP projects, the hype of last year, the monkey pictures, I don't know personally how well that's going to recover, but I do think that NFT technology because I see a lot of people, mainstream people who are outside of NFTs being like, this is the end of NFTs. And it's like, yeah, it might be the end of NFTs. It might be close to the end of that hype wave of NFTs. But the technology, I feel very, very confident that NFT technology is going to stick around. And like, we're going to use it for other purposes. It's going to be used in gaming. It's going to be used for more utility. Um, so the market is definitely going to change. The landscape is going to change, but it's not It's not all bad. And we're shooting the shit here. As yeah, we, yeah, yeah. I think we've made it pretty Do clear. your own research. We don't know nothing. From my understanding, this is the end of bad NFTs. It's going to be interesting. I'm not too... It's a bummer. I'm bummed about that some of the things that I owned are worth less. But I don't think this is going to be the end of Web3. Web3 is obviously going to stick around. And so, Charlie, we got some gaming news from Elton. Can you break that down for us? Gaming. Of course. So EA just announced a new mobile Lord of the Rings game. Yesterday, we found out that the next Lord of the Rings game is going to be a mobile RPG called Lord of the Rings Heroes of Middle Earth. I'm excited about this. I feel like there hasn't been like a crazy mobile game that got the people going like Pokemon Go since Pokemon Go, and I don't know if there ever will be, um, but a mobile RPG, if they manage to put together a good one for Lord of the Rings, I feel like that could get the people going. Um, they're referring to the upcoming game as a collectible role-playing game. A press release for the game had this to say, Lord of the Rings Heroes of Middle-Earth will feature immersive storytelling, turn-based combat, deep collection systems, and a wide roster of characters from across the vast universe of the Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. This emphasis on collectibles Speaking of Web3, sort of makes me think that we're going to maybe see sort of a blockchain emphasis at 
some point, maybe putting the collectibles on the blockchain rather than keeping them tied to the private ecosystem, but we'll see. Heroes of Middle-Earth is going to go into limited regional beta testing this summer. Bo, we've got a bit of sports stuff to talk about. Let's start with what is going on in proper football. Sports. Yeah, let's do it, Char. So I think this news is unofficial, but what we do with this podcast is a lot of times provide maybe a little bit of commentary and information on the water cooler topics that are being had throughout workplaces in the country. And if you're talking to a proper football fan, they are certainly talking about this. Erling Holland underwent his medical for Manchester City on Monday. He was cleared, he was approved, and it now looks like he will be transferring to Man City this week in a deal totaling about 250 million euros. Uh, As my finance inabilities are probably on display here, I believe that is less. That's, oh, 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 it's it's definitely a lot. It's definitely a lot. Um, And that's in a release clause, and then there's like wages and agent fees as well. So just worth noting, Erling Holland will be on the move to Manchester City. The deal is not official, but he did go through his medical and all signs look to be a go uh, in a really, really big transfer. Probably the biggest transfer that you will see this year. Charlie, let's debate it. Come on. Let's do it. Bring it on. (laughs) All right. All right. All right. So the biggest news in the NBA was that yesterday they finally confirmed what a lot of people had anticipated, which is that Nikola Jokic, the Joker, I'm also from Colorado, so sort of a hometown hero. Uh, was named the 2021-22 NBA Kia MVP. And our sports writer, Jack Tian Dana, who, if you've never read any of his stuff, go to our website, read it. He's, in my opinion, uh, no disrespect to anybody else on the team, but the best writer we have on the team. He is such an incredible writer. Um, But he tweeted that Nikola Jokic is the best player in the world. Uh, I do personally agree to a certain extent that he is the greatest player in the world. Bo, I know, disagrees. Bo, who do you think should have won the MVP this year? Charlie... You couldn't even get through saying that statement without smiling. There's no way. There's no way you actually believe that Nikola Jokic is the best player in the world. I'm okay with him getting the MVP. I really am because the most valuable player, it would be hard to argue against what Jokic went through this year to not have Murray, to not have Porter. Nothing that I'm going to say is about Nikola Jokic. What I will argue, though, is that the best player in the world, proven from last year, in game six of the NBA Finals, proven throughout the regular season this year, and then proven now as we head into this postseason, is that Giannis Antetokounmpo is still the best player in basketball, and it's on both ends of the floor. So when I argue that Giannis is the best player, or Giannis should be MVP, and I know that most people are talking about Embiid, because Embiid was the uh, second odds-on favorite to win the title, what Giannis does, if you remove voters' fatigue... There is no argument that you could say he's not deserving of. The only reason you do not vote for Giannis is if you believe in voters' fatigue, and that's kind of my stance. Yeah, all right. Well, I will say, okay, first of all, when I argue with people about it, I'm mostly prepared to argue that I don't think Embiid should have won, that I think that Jokic is a better player than Embiid. But then when I start arguing with Bo, he's like Giannis, and I forget about that guy, and I'm like, well, it is kind of hard to argue that it shouldn't have been Giannis, but I will try. And the way that I will argue that it couldn't be honest or that it shouldn't be honest, I do agree. Two-way player. It's so hard trying to argue this with you because it turns out out I also agree that Giannis is the best player in the world. But the argument that I can make for Jokic is that I think Jokic, distinctly among maybe every other superstar in the league besides for maybe LeBron, he is a elite caliber player in every statistical category. Um, So I took some notes before this, like, whereas a player like 
Jokic is eighth in assists per game, um, where Giannis is 18th, for example. And the 18th is still nothing to snuff at, but like sixth versus 18th. Embiid, for reference, is 46th. So to me, it's like Embiid is a better scorer than those two guys by a margin, but the margin between them in assists is insane. As far as steals, Jokic is 12th in steals. Giannis is 48th. Jokic is second in the league for rebounding. Giannis was sixth. So all those things are to say like Giannis, of course, now when I look at the numbers, is elite in all those categories as well. But I do think if you are to make an argument for Jokic being the best player in the world, defense, it's hard to argue that part. But if you are to make the argument, it's based on the fact that he is elite in more categories than the other players. He had to do everything for his team this year. So again, I I, I just want to emphasize that when we have these MVP debates, it is not that Jokic failed to do something. It is not that Embiid failed to play in enough games or Embiid failed to do this or that. It is just simply, you know, who you believe was the best player. Um, and that's why they should win. I, 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 I hate the idea that I have to strip down Embiid's talents or resume in order to say that Giannis is the MVP because that's, that's bullshit, honestly. Like Embiid was incredible this year. Jokic was incredible. Yeah. Something that I do think is interesting is that now this is the fourth year in a row that the MVP has been a European player. It was Giannis for two years in a row, and now it's uh, Jokic for two years in a row. It's really, it's a growing global game. And with that, Bo, speaking of Giannis, what happened in the Bucks game last night? Oh, okay, Charlie. We can talk about the Bucks versus the Celtics. It was a tough one for the Milwaukee Bucks in game four at home. The Celtics outscored the Bucks by 15 points in that final fourth quarter. The Celtics won 116 to 108, and they got a monster game from Al Horford. Al Horford played 42 minutes. He dropped 30 points, eight rebounds, three assists. He was defending all night long. He was honestly, he was brilliant. It was it was the Al Horford game. Jason Tatum had 30 points, 13 rebounds, five assists, and he had a really slow start. So for him to accumulate that, he had a really really good second half. The Bucks probably have some looking in the mirror to do here. Giannis was certainly great, but he was he was gassed by the end of this game. And, you know, I wonder if that's going to be an issue moving forward. The Celtics certainly are, are pushing the Bucks to the brink. This is a great series. The refs are are what they are, but that's playoff basketball. I think uh, both both teams are getting the short end of the stick when it comes to the officiating. That'll be it for today's episode. For more details on these stories and more, head to 137pm.com or follow 137pm on all social media platforms. Hop into our Discord. We're going to be in there all week. We have Doctor Strange review on Wednesday at 3 Eastern time. We have the 7.31 a.m. Discord Wednesday at 1 Eastern time. That's where you go to chat with us, be part of the community. We will be back manana. As always, remember, stay curious. Stay curious.